Wes Craven, director of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Comes a story of the forbidden world between life and death. There's a door to the mystical. And you just walk through it. Somebody brought him back from the grave. And I want to know how they did it. Death is not the end. I'll take your soul. You think you can take these people's secrets and just walk away? In the shadows of the imagination lies the ultimate nightmare. Don't let them bury me. I'm not dead. The Serpent and the Rainbow. <laughs> you're laughing. You're laughing. This is funny. This is funny. It's it's adorable. I'm, I'm doing my job. I'm tech support for you people. <laughs> what a hell of a job. I love the search, Bernie Robinson. Oh, Bernie was great. I love Bernie. Bernie and I were we worked together at a company called CFD for a while. Let me get, hang on a minute. <laughs> I see something scary, kids. Yeah. God. <laughs> There, okay, see? There it is Put in it all its glory. Oh, Put wait, it wait, back do, on. No, no, do, you, do you guys hear that? It sounded like a toilet flushing. You hear that? that was your ratings going down. I'm not sure which. <laughs> they they oh, don't go so... down any further. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole no we could dig out of. We're already doing this. <laughs> oh, shiny objects. This is so cool. Hi, everybody. How aren't you? <laughs> hey. <laughs> All right, so guys, uh, let's let's go ahead. We got a lot to cover tonight because uh, oh, Chris, by the way, love the shirt. I don't know if you you can see. I just got my ooh, look at I that held shirt in. Sweet. Wait, Sorry, not, oh, he's wearing, the, shirt. he's wearing the pain. Yeah, <laughs> yes, he's wearing the pain. I, I'm the pain bringer. Nice, <laughs> nice. Asked my wife. She just left a minute ago. I'm the, never mind. I'm not going to go into what right. I am. Anyway, folks. Hi. How's everybody? <laughs> Everybody, if, how are you, sir? If you're watching along, you we've got a, a return guest, another special guest with us, uh, Mitch Hyman, creator of Bubba the Redneck Werewolf, writer of uh, fantastic works. Um, today's episode is actually <laughs> today's I'm episode sorry. is actually because of Mitch. Uh, kind of give you a little peek into what today's episode is. I love taking responsibility for things I had nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to read a, a little sample of, of something here and uh, kind of give everybody a, a tip of what we're doing today. Uh, in the legends Close before of striking. And, oh, I'm sorry. Never mind. <laughs> that? In the legends of voodoo, the serpent is a symbol of earth. Rainbow is a symbol of heaven. Between the two, all creatures live and die. But because he has a soul, man can be trapped in a terrible place where death is only the beginning. That's it. <laughs> I thought I wrote more. And there is no ending, and that proved it right there. It's only the beginning. And he ran out of lines. Actually, that was the greatest because that was the opening of the movie. I mean, exactly. that was that was the, the opening yeah. of a Wes Craven movie that a lot of you are not probably familiar with. Freddie, you all know, but there's another nightmare that was out there, and this was a real one. <laughs> exactly. But only, Michael, go back to work. You know, go back to your job. Go. <laughs> 
We're going to cover all that. But anyway, let's let's go through. Mitch, uh, welcome. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for joining Good us again. Good to be back, man. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Uh, let's go ahead and do our usual. Uh, we'll go through our regular. Chris, uh, let's get caught up. What have you been watching? What have I been watching? I've been watching lots of things. There have been so many things to watch because <laughs> we have such a long list. Before you before you go, uh, my mom said, uh, hey, guys. Hey, Mom. <laughs> Hi, Mom. <laughs> we really appreciate the toilet wine. Thank you for sending that. That's it. His mother is never speaking to me again, but it's okay. She just know me. It's all right. She's, she's actually the aspiring author that made me ask a lot of the questions of you last time about how to get published and everything. So. Wait a minute. Hold it. You're being prompted by your mother? Yeah. What was a fourth grade play? What the hell is going on? Yeah. Right? Let's all talk to our shoes because what I remember doing and, you know. <laughs> Anyway, for all of you who are still here and haven't left, yes, it's as bad as the last time. It's about to get worse. <laughs> you think uh, his shirt is a representation of what's going to go on? You're right. Here's where you're going to wind up when this whole thing's over. Right, Bernie? See? <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, it was a bunch of stuff, basically. From the theme night of the Cracker Barrel. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the Cracker Barrel. Oh, God, I love the Cracker Barrel. That's it. I'm sure there's a goddamn thing down right now. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to Cracker Barrel. If I want bland food, I got news to go to my mom's house. Okay, she's got the deflavorizer and all that stuff over there. (laughs) The deflavorizer. Well, my mother can do to a chicken. The chickens don't even want to be done to them. What? (laughs) You know, that's really funny you say that. Now I'm wondering if maybe we're related somewhere because my mom could burn water. Like she, like. Yeah, it was it was bad. My mom's (laughs) the only. My mother's the only one in history that PETA went to, and said, "Really." Honestly, the animals did not die quietly. We've heard of your family. <laughs> okay, so the only person I know is in trouble with shit like that. Anyway, not to interrupt and not to wind up with a, with a sarcophagus fly on my head or anything. Wind up like Pence or anything like that. You know, I don't want to interrupt anybody. <laughs> Come on, for all you out there, you already tell me you're laughing and know it. All right, tough shit. <laughs> I, I know I'm laughing, and that's what's important. Uh, <laughs> you're choking. Yeah, it looks like what? Yeah. We had a breakthrough this uh, this week, um, and I walked in on it in the middle of it. And I hate I hate it when I hate when mom and dad do that. They should close it. No, I'm I, the they should right close the door. Close the door. At least at least put a sock on the handle. Or Is something. that what they call it? A breakthrough? Uh, <laughs> I called no, it no, trauma no. when I was a kid. <laughs> I one of my favorite movies of all time is Blazing Saddles, and uh, my girlfriend had never seen it, so I happened to uh, walk in while her and one of my roommates were watching it. And I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, I loved being here when somebody has never seen it before for the first time. I just love watching their reactions. Um, she walked away going, you know, yeah, that movie could never be made today, but it was it was fun. So I'm, I'm glad she enjoyed it. Um, uh, oh, uh, there was a whole bunch of Treehouse of Horrors on this week. So I'm counting that as horror stuff watching. Uh, plus our 31, uh, 31 days of Halloween. So... Uh, we're actually going out of order because we couldn't find movies. So uh, the last thing we watched was Hellraiser 3 on the shittiest copy you've ever no, seen in your entire there life. There is no order. Our 31 Days of Horror. Oh, is good. We're going to watch those movies throughout uh, the Horror is chaos. So horror is the chaos. chaos of it all. You know what? That's a good point. I, when I see numbers like that, I'm like, okay, day one, day two, day three. But no, that's even better. Now it, now I don't feel bad. Um, <laughs> plus... Uh, validation achieved validation it doesn't take much for me really doesn't (laughs) uh and uh uh, we just found out tonight 
um, if I had actually been paying attention to my emails, uh, HBO Max has greenlit a Green Lantern series um, for uh, for next year. And it's not really? going to be one. Yeah, it's not just going to be one Green Lantern. They're going to be following a whole bunch of different ones, including Guy okay. Gardner and Al, uh, including the new ones um, and, and Alan Scott. Uh, they said they're they're gonna fo- they're gonna focus on Alan Scott and and the um uh you're gonna do the original the, Martin O'Dell Green Lantern from the Golden Age, huh? Interesting. They are, are the pulling them. Well so, I really yeah. love this because Marty's the guy who got me in the comics. He's the one who actually got me in the door. Yeah. So yeah. I just I uh, love hearing this. Now Ryan Reynolds is sitting there like on the phone with his agent going, How come you can hold out for this? No, you give me this crap. You got Deadpool. <laughs> mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, you mean I got to settle for Deadpool and all the millions? Oh, shit. Yeah, it's just willpower uh, alone couldn't save. And the whole thing about Green Lantern, even willpower couldn't save that freaking movie. <laughs> I tried, the only, the only I, thing I, I willpower is the will to get out of your seat and get the hell out of the theater. That's what I did. <laughs> that it, it took a lot of will to stay and, 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 and finish the movie. I walked out of there going, "Where's my ring? I deserved a ring." Oh, please! The Hector Hammond uh, thing was worth it. I mean, you know, come on, alone, oh. just that, you know, just a big, giant, sweaty forehead. I want to see that. I can watch the next presidential debate. Anyway, <laughs> look at look at Mike. Look at Michael. Michael's like going, "Man, she's gonna do that again." You're gonna start talking. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna bring that up anymore. Okay. You're good. You're Meanwhile, good. you're good. <laughs> uh, and I think that's. Oh, uh, and one last thing. Um, we hadn't watched Nightmare, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street uh, three yet. Last last night or the night before, uh, the original Nightmare was on one of the one of the channels, and I, I remembered something in the like far reaches of my head. Uh, there was another podcast I listened to a, a long time ago. He mentioned, and it, with that, we're done. Go away! <laughs> uh, I'm not even gonna drop names, and we're um, out. <laughs> So this guy, Good night, you know, folks, uh, from he, us and the dumpster fire. <laughs> wait, was that a dumpster fire? Pick that back up. The name of our new podcast. <gasps> 3D dumpster fire. Uh, Here it is. Put on the glasses. There uh, you go. Mitch has got the dumpster fire. No, actually, my wife's got the dumpster fire. She's trying to talk me into the Halloween one they have now. Oh, that's awesome. We, Which we the one is black and orange. That. Well, they'll be, they'll be ours soon. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Heather Lagenkamp. My only complaint, and now it really bothers me because his voice is ringing in my head. Her mouth never closes. Her mouth never actually closes. Even when her mouth is closed, her mouth is not closed. I never really thought about that with that one. You know, now I'm gonna. Now you got. Okay, now you got a drinking game for the damn movie. I hate you. Every time she closes her mouth, her mouth mouth doesn't close. Right. Drink. Exactly. You'll be drunk. Look at Michael. He already went for it. Drink right here. (laughs) Drink right here. Uh, so that was uh, that was everything I had. Uh, who's up next? Mitch. Actually, Mitch. I've been doing. I do what I do every year, which is watch the classics. You know, you have to stop off, start off with the classics. So you watch The Wolfman. You watch Frankenstein. You know, meets the Mummy. Ivan Costello meet everybody. Uh, whatever they got. The great old black and white ones. The only thing that was so atmospheric. What I did do is I pulled a fast one on my wife. Not like I haven't done that before, but I pulled a really good fast one on my wife. <laughs> what I did was I I showed her a movie called Mark of the Vampire. Anybody familiar with this one? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Familiar. It's Bela Lugosi reprising that a role as a vampire, not Dracula. Because yeah. this movie was done by MGM. It was their way of getting even with Universal. So they got <laughs> by, by using the same guy. <laughs> exactly. Almost the same people, including his protege, Luna. Luna alone is worth the movie. You've got to see this thing. It's eerie. <laughs> it's screwy. And you have, you have people like Lionel Barrymore in this thing. 
Okay. You know, the guy who was in, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, what was that? Uh, you know, oh, movie house, that horrible movie they show every year. It's a wonderful life. He's oh, Mr. Oh. Potter. Remember the, you know, the guy you ever wants to kick his ass. Oh, yeah, the old guy in the wheelchair. Well, he's ambulatory yeah. and wandering around this horrible movie. But you see, the thing is with this movie, it's, it's a very surprising movie because it, it looks like a horror movie. Yeah. Yet it's not. Now I'm going to ruin it for people because now you got to go find the stupid thing. <laughs> find the movie and it's worth the last 10 minutes because you sit there and it's not what you expected. But it has all the great earmuffs of a really good horror movie with a lot of campy stuff going on. Actually, today, you'd probably appreciate it a lot more than people would even 10, 15 years ago. People are more into like the campy stuff now. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, look at this way. My wife and I have been watching old reruns of Man from Uncle from the 60s. Oh, nice. The acting is horrendous. David McCallum's a riot. <laughs> and the guest stars are like every B-movie actor that ever could get up on his own two, her two feet and wander around. It was, it's just been hilarious to watch. The gadgets, the bullshit. It's just, it's just fun. But that's what I think that Halloween's all about. Give you the stuff that's really fun. It doesn't necessarily have to be scary, but it has to sit there and entertain you because Halloween's all about being entertained. Yeah, Pretty much. We love this holiday because we got to dress up and be something else. We love this holiday because, you know, all the candy and all the fun. But we loved it the most because there was always something interesting around the corner. It was surprises, good or bad. It was always about some kind of surprise for Halloween. Yeah, and definitely. that's the wonderful thing about the movie we're going to be talking about tonight because it was a real surprise to a lot of people. It was, definitely. No, I was surprised. I didn't expect Bill Pullman. Looking <laughs> that good and that young and that thin, right? Yeah. This was the first time you had seen it, right, Chris? Uh, no, I watched it twice. Um, I watched it not too long after we had we had talked to Mitch the first time, and oh, I, cool. I saw it then. And uh, then you were like, "Oh, hey, don't forget!" And I went, "Oh crap!" Right. And so I watched I watched <laughs> it again uh, last night. So, nice. but you know, look at this way: when you saw the movie when it first opened, when the movie first opens, okay. Now you gotta remember, I was in the Caribbean in that same era, not eighty five, but seventy eight, seventy nine, eighty. Okay. Yeah. So when I saw the movie, it's 19, I saw the movie, I'm going to be honest, I saw it in 1985 when it came out in the theaters. And for me, it was a really strange personal experience because everything I was watching, I had seen personally. I'd seen the voodoo ceremonies. I'd actually seen some zombies. Remember I told you guys about that the last time? Yep. So for me, this is a really interesting movie to watch because for me, it almost became a documentary. And it is based on a true story, by the way. That's how, how close, how close, uh, as far as uh, uh, talking about voodoo ceremonies, was the movie versus what you've seen? Incredibly to the point where it's like you couldn't have slipped a dog hair between how close it was to what goes on. Oh, wow. Including, oh, wow. Okay. yeah. Now, I wrote uh, my Hitman in Paradise book, which was, you know, two hitmen going down the islands and fighting zombies and what have you. If you read the book, you will see that a lot of the elements that are in there are things that I actually used also in my book that was written about maybe 20, 20, 25 years later. But I'll tell you, it made such an impression on me and the nightmares that went with it and the things I saw. Now, voodoo can be both positive and negative. So I want people to understand that it's not always like, booga, booga, booga. okay, look at that. That's great. Booga, 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 booga. See, Halloween surprises. See, how you didn't expect some crazy old guy to go in here like that. Here's the thing. I, I actually expect that every day. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what you get for hanging around the VA, and I'm not going to go into it with you. Anyway, we're not going to talk about that anymore. All right, just just leave it there and quit <laughs> those things. Anyway, here's the deal: the the thing about the movie and the thing I put into the books was that the Bokers, the Obeyas, whatever you want to call them, 
they not only ruled their sections of the island, I mean completely, but the police and everybody, there was a lot of corruption. No question about it. Remember, this, this is the era of baby, baby Doc Duvalier. Mm. And there were lots of problems like this all through, you know, the small Caribbean nations and South America. We had all kinds, this was all going on. This was the 70s. So they were pretty much cut off from the world. It was all by newspapers, Western Union, maybe TV, some radio, but there was no way to really communicate with the outside world. When it went on down there, went on down there, and there was no instantaneous response to anything going wrong. You had to be very careful. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I got arrested and got into trouble, and it was dicey for a couple of weeks whether I was going to get out of there. So watching right. Pullman in the movie gave me a whole new set of new sweats, including the the lady I'd taken to the movies with me that night and said, are you okay? I said, no. I said, no, I'm fine. She sat there and said, really? Then why is the arm of the chair coming up? Now, this is the old wood movie theater chair. So I had actually worked the thing loose. She told, And I looked down, holy crap. It really is that frightening. Because yeah. they're talking about something called loas, which are spirits. And they're based on African culture and other, let's just say, mysticism mixed in with it. It's fascinating, but it's really frightening. And I'll tell you something. It's nothing you want to mess with, and it's nothing you want to piss off anybody who actually might be good at it. I saw some interesting things when I was down there, and I can't explain a lot of what I saw, but I can't explain why I was told to stay away from certain people and not insult certain people and buy a certain person a drink if they came into a certain bar or a bar or a place we were at. And to be smile and get the hell out of there as fast as possible. But all kidding around aside, yeah, it was it's right on the money. If you watch Serpent the Rainbow, you will see pretty much what a lot of the voodoo ceremonies are. They're really like and it's very funny that there was, you know, I love Lucy. And it's really fun. Most people realize that Babalu was a voodoo chant. Mm -hmm. So when Ricky, the Ricky Ricardo character, when Desi Arnaz did his Babalu, it was based on a voodoo chant. I had no idea about that. You're shaking your head. You knew that. Well, you uh, in this movie, you hear his mom told him. No, (laughs) my mom told him. (laughs) We were there together dancing in the kofa. No. (laughs) Anyway, though, no. Sorry, Michael. Go on. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, so you watch the the classics. That was your pretty much all. Want, what I do is yeah, I'll watch like the classic Universals, then go the go the Hammer films, of course, because you know, come on, man, Blood of Dracula and all those, the like Vampire Circus. Those are those are great. They're a riot to watch. Mm-hmm. Then of course you want to do the classics, like you could talk about. But then you go into the comedy. You got to go to Beetlejuice. I got a recommendation mm-hmm. though. I did watch last night with my wife, Yubi uh, Halloween. The, Adam, the new Adam Sandler, which I, I don't know if I can do it. I, let me explain oh. something. I am not a huge Adam Sandler, Billy Madison move. I'm not really a big fan of that kind of stuff. However, yeah. he knocked out one of the greatest casts I've ever seen in my life. Brought back people like Rob Schneider and stuff. Yeah. Which, thank God, they're out of the nursing home now, which is nice for them. <laughs> really good for him. Steve Buscemi so. as a werewolf. Yeah. There's a few. Oh, okay. Man. Get past him being the, the typical Billy Madison doofus character because he yeah. really is in this one more than he ever is anything. I've never saw it. was terrible that way. But the situations he set up and the people run like Tim Reed and he runs – Maya Rudolph. He runs some bril- – yeah, he runs some brilliant people. And it's nice. worth it just to see their sides and what they're doing and how they abuse this character. 
Um, it's wonderfully uncomfortable and funny at the same time. Like I said, very Halloween. But you know something? Nice. You're not going to throw away a couple, an hour and a half or an hour and 40 minutes. You're really not. It's, it's fun. So One of my roommates uh, told me about stupid. it. Huh? One of my roommates uh, uh, had seen the trailer for it. He's like, no, we have to see this. We have to see this. And uh, another one of the guys uh, who lives here, said, he's like, I don't know if I could sit through another Adam Sandler you know weird <laughs> weird can. weird voice like type of thing like i like adam sandler fine like uh, water boys uh up there as well as one of my favorites oh. uh uh no no what was uh happy gilmore excuse me is up there happy well gilmore is the best one happy gilmore, happy gilmore is absolutely it was it was very good um but when he does the weird voices that's where i'm like uh oh, he, no, no, he, this whole this. movie i'm gonna warn you in advance he does nothing but a weird <laughs> voice through the whole is, movie wh- uh what was that what was that movie he did where he was the the devil? Was that uh, little little Nicky? Little Nicky. Little Nicky. Little Nicky. It, was it a voice like that? More irritating than that, I hate to tell you. Yeah. Okay. To be quite honestly, I mean, I'm not going to lie about it. Like, oh, go ahead and you know, here I got news for you. Here, let me put on my devil. Yes, go ahead. You'll enjoy it. It's wonderful. How's that? You feel better now? Oh, well, good. <laughs> Satan said it was okay, so it's fine. All right. Yeah, Satan's right. right now. Yeah, Satan's on the floor right now. The dog's sniffing at it, and then I have a very large black German Shepherd who's now running off with my head. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and, and real quick, uh, Lauren has joined us this evening and says Serpent in the Rainbow is one of her favorite movies of all time. Lauren, good for you. And hope it, you know, like I said, hope you go and rediscover it again. But then she follows it up with Little Nikki was hilarious. So now Lauren is banned. And, uh, <laughs> you, her, and her. we can just, okay, hang on a second. You Lauren, this is for you. Here you go. There you go. Let's get cracking on that. Okay. Very good. <laughs> Anyway, is that, though, uh, is, is that what you what you've been up to? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah. it's just been one of those things where it's been, you know, I mean, the Halloween season is on us. Can you guys still see me? Because I think I lost my feed. Yeah, you, we can see you. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Anyway, good. I can't see anybody else. This is great. Now I can finally really like enjoy myself. <laughs> anyway, so uh, <laughs> is he going to no. put his pants back on? <laughs> never put them on in the I first place. Not. Remember, you can only see from the top. Remember, <laughs> this was going on through this whole pandemic. You should see those people at home that are doing these like podcasts for NPR. There's some really strange shit going on. Uh, just, just so you know, I don't know if you know, Chris, when we had Kate Phoenix on, did you notice she yeah. had a blanket on the whole time? I did. I did. Because I, if you I, listen to her podcast, she does not wear pants during the podcast. So <laughs> just so you know, the whole time Always she was something on to look forward up, to. She had no pants on. She needs to be on more. Is, is what I just heard you say. That's, that's what I just heard. And we're going to mark that one up. Okay, so we're going to go. Oh, but all getting around aside, though, and, you know, a lot of people haven't seen the movie. You really do. But you're going to have to do one thing. You're going to have to kind of do what movies require you to do more than anything else. Suspend a little bit of belief. Mm-hmm. Because these incidents have been recorded. They did go on. Uh, Haiti has had a very long and tumultuous history with this. But what people don't realize is that there's a lot of other islands in the Caribbean that had equal. Uh, Martinique was well known because that's where I was. And there's a very famous book. It was called The White Witch of Martinique or something like that. It's about a woman who who was a plantation owner who learned how to do this kind of stuff and was making slaves and everything. And the book was supposed to be based on reality. I haven't seen the book in a long time. It's kind of a rare book, hard to find. I'll try to get the exact title for you guys when I can. But there's been a lot of this talked about. And it was just simply came down to the zombie was created because they needed a cheap labor force. It's the same old story. 
that you know you're wow. drugging people or whatever you're doing to get a cheap labor force it's you know yeah. it's just the way it unfortunately became but the, what's interesting about this story is that the drug they were working on actually became a real usable drug i believe back in the late 80s 90s they did find elements of it they could use for like curare originally was going to be used for operations and anesthesia uh curare okay. was used by headhunters down like you know the Guevara down in like the amazon and it was just fascinating to me how these combinations, these people, like he said in the movie, this guy could basically hold ground with a Harvard, you know, I mean, Nobel laureate as far as yeah. chemistry went. And it's brilliant how this home, like let's say, not homeopathic, this home medicine and this homily medicine, as it were, was incredible. I mean, remember, people survived many centuries before they invented antibiotics. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was done with this kind of medicine. And you always have like the old woman of the village, the, we used to call the good wife. And she would mix up little herbs or this, that, the other thing. And then somebody would have a cold, it cure that or whatever they had. And a lot of that went on. What it came down to is that when patent medicine came out back in like the 1880s, 1890s, they were putting morphine and all kinds of crazy stuff into it. Coca-Cola had cocaine in it and all that stuff because it refreshed you and all that stuff. Actually, what it did, if you drank a Coke back then, you sat there and talked about how it would be great to have a steam-powered car sometime. But really, it would be really nice if you could get a steam-powered rocket ship. It's really funny how many people came up with that and now run around cosplaying that kind of stuff. <laughs> But my point is simply this, that this is a fascinating movie because Wes Craven really stepped out of a comfort zone. I believe that actually there was a little throwback to him. Not throwback, blowback as it were. Sorry about that. Blowback to him because they didn't like the fact that he was revealing secrets. I believe that there were some voodoo people that got very upset about it. I believe he had some threats. I'm not sure. It's been a long time since so I really got deep into this one. But the fascinating part about it is that it reawakened people's interest in it. And in the 80s, there was a little bit of a voodoo upsurge and people fascinated with it. So you, people were going down to the islands and they were trying to go to like these voodoo ceremonies that you could find in certain places. Sometimes they work out really well and sometimes people didn't come back. It's yeah. a very interesting subject to look into. But, you know, like I said, that was my take on it. But anyway, guys, so more about what you had to think about it. Well, this this particular movie, you were talking about the the things that Wes Craven had to go through. Uh, this movie was actually he was budgeted ten million dollars. He actually this is the first and only time I've ever heard this happen. Came in at seven point five million to to make it, so he came in under budget. Um, he when he wanted to make the movie, the studio went to him and you know he said, "Yeah, let's do this," but I'm going to make it in Haiti, and uh, they weren't too sure about that because it was in turmoil at that point in time. Um, so the, the first like two thirds of the movie was filmed in Haiti and the first scene that you see where the, they're doing the funeral, um, along the, the streets that right. was authentic. And there was over 2000 Haitian extras there that they had to pay for. Yeah. Now, yeah. He, he did get supposedly, according to him, he did get cursed, uh, throughout this, this movie, several of the, uh, crew had to be flown back to the U S due to, uh, strange illnesses, um, a couple of folks had um, like exhaustion that led to borderline dementia and um, uh, hallucinations, things like that. So we don't know if that was all part of, you know, them actually doing stuff to these people or just they were just so tired, worn out and burnt out that this was, you know, an after effect of theirs. But, yeah, there was all kinds of stuff. And this this book that 
was written. It was written by Wade Davis, the Serpent in the Rainbow. Um, and the Wade original Davis, book's fascinating. He is he is an amazing person as well. He's an anthropologist. He's an ethnobotanist. Uh, he has over eighteen hundred articles printed. Uh, he's a photographer that has uh, over his works appear in over twenty books, over eighty magazines. He's had three episodes of the X Files about him. Um, multiple international oh, yeah. uh, exhibitions for his photography. Uh, the man is is just amazing. When the movie came out, though, he did distance himself from it. He was hoping for something a little more true to to the book, uh, a little more true to to realism. And of course, you know, Wes Craven taking liberties and and everybody. You can't make a movie that precise. You got to throw something yeah. fantastic into it. Well, so, yeah, go on. I'm sorry, go yeah. on, man. That's like when, in the end when Bill Pullman summons the the uh, jaguar spirit to to fill him. And, I mean, that wasn't really part of, of the. The, the book that no, was cool um, <laughs> yeah it did granted you felt wait. like a hero showed up it's like oh thank god the jaguar spirit star okay we got a chance to fight we can fight on this one what's what's really crazy about this this too is i, I saw a picture of wade davis in 2008 he looks just like bill pullman now they, did you get a kick at it did you oh i was gonna ask you have you ever weird. seen a picture of him good yeah. all right cool I did also reach out to him to see if he'd be willing to do the show for us. I thought it would be a great surprise to have him on the show wow, for you guys. I don't know if he was still around anymore. But he hasn't what responded. So, uh, nothing, nothing's come back from it yet. Honestly, if he distanced himself from the movie in the first place to bring it back up, it may not have been the greatest thing. But you know something? I, I, taking a shot, that would have been the coolest <laughs> thing. I, you would have pulled off the Halloween surprise of surprise you got that one. <laughs> and don't be surprised if he doesn't go, oh, shit, this was in my spam. I'm sorry. I just realized it. Can we still discuss this sometime? Oh God, yeah! I, never I give up. Never give up hope. I've had that happen to me before. It's like going, "Oh shit!" It went to the spam, and about three months later, this person goes, "Yeah, I'm willing to. Do, I want to work with you." I'm like, "Really cool!" <laughs> great. Right? We got three three months too late. It's now February, and <laughs> well, it wasn't I, so much I that. Wasn't so much that. Just that you know, you know, I had his picture up on the dartboard, and it was pretty much dead, you know, kind of <laughs> over, so, you know, that kind of crap. But no, going on to this to what you were talking about, um, I'm going to be real honest with you. From what I saw in my experience on this, take it or leave it. Uh, they weren't exhausted. There is a pall that will actually hang on you if they get you. Mm-hmm. It's just, you just feel it because it's psychological because they sit there and say, oh, I put a voodoo curse in you and go, in the back of your head, you don't think about it. But you've got to remember with a lot of mysticism and things like that, that's how they get you. Remember, once you have a name or we have a, a, per, a person's full attention, you pretty much got them at that point. So there's no telling. The things I saw, I mean, I saw people, I saw them eating the glass. I saw them chewing on coals. Walking on all kinds. I mean, I could say these guys could walk on Legos. It wouldn't even bother them. <laughs> okay. Think it goes from a room full of man, Legos man. like it was a ball pit and a Chuck E. Cheese would be like, <laughs> nothing to it. Although one of the funniest lines in the movie, though, I, I didn't remember it. It was like, on, oh, so you think you could walk on water, huh? Well, you probably can because shit floats. Yeah, that's great. That was, I mean, I know it's an offline, but damn, I'd forgotten how... F- how just wonderful it was the way the actors interplayed with each other in this. And you know, did you notice how natural it was? Did you ever, I mean, you've seen a lot of acting, I'm sure, in a lot of movies, right? Did you, did this feel to you after a while like you really weren't watching a movie? You're kind of like running alongside these people? I, I got exhausted a couple of times in this movie um, because of everything that he's going through and the pacing of this movie. It was the crazy fantastic. energy. Yeah, it was, it was great. And it, I remember when I was younger being kind of bored with this movie and, and losing interest, uh, but I've watched it a few times since then and revisiting it again today. It just seems like every, or yesterday, every time you see it, you get more and more enthralled. You see a little more of it. You, It was just enveloping. I loved it. 
it's amazing if you take out the craven elements which were the freddy krueger elements to me where the he's going down the jail cells and the arms are all stretching out at people or the dead or the bride or the uh the the uh bridal corpse the corpse bride that shows like up. yeah i did like okay her. that was to me okay that was that was craven doing craven okay that was him putting those elements in you need for the you know general audience but for the let's just say person who understands this kind of stuff or or actually seen the documentary where it is it you take those parts out that movie would run as a basic documentary mm-hmm. it's not much different it really isn't the way they were operating it i mean it's kind of like a kind of like a you know a drama documentary but still it's there and yeah. it's still enough to scare the hell out of you and make you respect what goes on the fact that he really did go back three times that crazy island that was incredible to me. When I had a chance to get away from a certain island after I had been incarcerated and they kind of <laughs> let me loose for a few hours and I hauled ass for the airport and basically was going to sit there and going to take every my clothing and trade it to people. Thank God for Levi's. Because back in those days, you could take a pair of Levi's and get almost anything if you were in the right country. Yeah. Trust me, I had friends who were like, you know, assigned to like Germany and stuff like that, uh, you know, in the service. And then they would deal with other people who were going over to East Germany and everything and a pair of Levi's could go for thousands. Mm-hmm. And that's, the, you know, seriously, it's so... I hearing that about Russia, too. I traded about four or five good pairs of pants for a ticket on a puddle jumper to another airport in another island to get the hell out of there. <laughs> I mean, I wish I was making... I mean, honestly, I'll make a lot of cheap jokes, and I, but this was not... This was real. Traveling back then in that time and dealing with what you were dealing there, you got to remember, you're thinking with Western mind, you're screwed because that's yeah. not how these people are thinking. You're just assuming you're going to, you know, you come from the land of 24 hour Burger King and junk, right? You go down there and it's like, it's a whole, they're be- it's a beautiful place and they're wonderful people. There's nothing wrong with that. But remember, if you're young and dumb and you go into the darker side of everything, you're going to find it and it's going to find you. And they, yeah, exactly. they're a lot sharper than you are because they're used to this. They live on a small island. Opportunity presents itself and you don't lose that. They don't have a lot of opportunity. So when an opportunity came, they took it. Let's take a look at the character of uh, Mozart, Louis Mozart. You want me to do a spell? That's a hundred dollars. You want the powder? It's a thousand dollars, right? And then the yep. goat, and then the thing with the goat poisoning the, you know, the goat. Pullman's character is brilliant. puts up, tries to put a mark on the hoof of the goat so you can take a look and make sure it's the right, the same animal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But after a while, he finally, when he realized he can't bullshit him, they'll start telling the truth. The one thing I found down there when they found that you were. Because you can be real with them they'll be real with you and then they'll take you to see some things and it's going to blow it would blow your mind i mean i went off into the hills to a proper ceremony and i wasn't scared but i was absolutely transfixed to see what i was watching and i was probably one of only two people of paler outlook standing there yeah. okay and it's not like you didn't stand out, but they didn't approach. They didn't go after you. They didn't mark you out as something. They sat there and said, okay, we're going to educate you. And when you walk away from this, you're going to respect us. And you're going to respect this. And when I left and I went decided to write the Vinnie Mook book that I wrote, you'll see that I have a lot of respect in there for it. I'll call it my characters, of course, being who they are. They got pissed off after a while because there was a lot of death and destruction going on. Of course, they had to cite it. But the good people they met, they were very respectful of. And that's the power you feel from these people when you meet them. So, you know, not to go into a lengthy discussion, but 
if you ever get the opportunity to see a real one or you're in a certain country that maybe they have those things, they'll take touristy, the touristy ones. Go see the, even the touristy one to get an idea how it operates. Or go online and try to see if you can find some old videos of them. I'm guaranteed. You know, I never did. I didn't go on YouTube or anything like that to see if they had anybody that ever recorded any of these, these ceremonies. I'm always you know, I'm curious to go take a look. Actually, kind I, uh, of a little frightened to go take a look. I'll tell you right now. I happen to have the uh, interwebs. Now, you see, this is why back in the 70s and the 80s, we couldn't establish anything because we couldn't just immediately go. It was just like, you're lying, you're full of shit, get out of here. Now we can go on YouTube and find out you're lying, you're full of shit in seconds. (laughs) (laughs) It's fantastic. Uh, We got asked uh, who did the makeup for it. That was uh, David Leroy Anderson, Lance Anderson. Uh, Michelle Bueller was the key makeup artist. Michelle Bueller, brilliant. We had a few technicians in there as well, but those were the biggest names so far. I um, think, like I said, everything they did was just spot on. I, I did want to mention too that you you asked or you mentioned uh, the zombie powder at some point. the The zombie powder uh, read a bunch today while I was at work uh, between customers um, about what actually went into this zombie powder, and everything that you saw in the movie was pretty much what they That's... put in the powder. Tetro uh, tetrodotoxin is a real thing. And it is made up of like human remains, puffer fish, um, stonefish too, stonefish, uh, dried sea worm. Uh, a lot of a lot of botanical parts go into it, but this uh, tetrodotoxin is a real thing. Yes, um, and like I said, and they... YouTube. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, YouTube does have a bunch of stuff on here. Some of it looks documentary esque, and some of it looks like somebody was holding their phone. I did have uh, one of my customers today, as a matter of fact, I, I noticed he had a little bit of a, an accent and I was helping him get signed up uh, for some service. And um, he asked about um, this, this service that we provide in Haiti. And I said, oh, yeah, my show tonight, I'm doing a whole show on, on Haitian voodoo and the movie uh, Serpent and the Rainbow. And he's like, oh, so we started talking about that. And his, he said his grandfather was a voodoo priestess. And he goes to uh, – a voodoo priest. I don't know why I keep saying priestess. He's a book uh, He goes to, um, <laughs> to Haiti um, at least once a year. And he's like, you know, there are, there are times – he goes, I, I don't recommend going. I said, well, I'd, I'd love to see the culture at some point in time. He goes, well – he goes, if you go, go, go to Miami. You no. Know. <laughs> <Yeah, go> <laughs> Go with somebody you there's know. There's places in Miami you can go. No, seriously, there's places in Miami that they do hold ceremony and stuff if you want yeah. to go. No, I'm, I'm sh- everywhere. I'm, I'm sure, yeah. And he he kind of painted a picture for me as well. And uh, we we talked a lot about the um, the uh, how their loas are are tied a lot to um, Catholic Catholicism and their the saints yes. and things like that. Papa Legma Legba is. Um, tied very closely to St. Anthony and various things like that. Uh, the Virgin Mary is a very strong focus. Their, their faith is Christianity, for example, prays to God. The The voodoo or voodooists uh, seem to want to be part of God. They, they, they don't pray to him. They pray to be part of the spirit. And it was fantastic to get a little bit of input from him today as well. So it was great. There are several areas of mysticism where they try to connect with what the, and it's not so much God, but it's called it's just the higher power of it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kabbalism does this. Uh, you'll find the same thing with that. They, they they try to get an ecstasy from linking up to let's say what everybody says is the light. Uh, you have to take a look at also Santeria, and Santeria is very very close to Voodoo in a lot of ways. I've known some Santeria's priests and I've known Voodoo priests actually, 
and they were very close in the way that they would do ritual and it was yes it was a lot of catholicism mixed in with it because they were taking the new religion that they were being forced and a lot of them were forced into a new religion because they were taken as slaves over to you know to the caribbean basically to work and a lot of time you know and even into the united states as we all know and it came down to the fact that they didn't want to give up their old beliefs so they mixed them with the new ones now it's not unusual because honestly a lot of religions did the same thing because we all know the story of the celts because let's face it this is halloween season mm. right so we talk about the druids yep. a little bit and we all yep. know that a lot of times that the druids would worship trees when the early christian church was trying to get these people to convert over to christianity they would go to a tree that they would all worship at let's say the druids would go there right you know the druid priests for the celts and it was a holy tree and then they would say this tree is now holy in the name of our god and so on and so forth you come here you've been worshiping here anyway they worship this way with our god and so it was the familiar mixed in with the new as long as they had like an anchor of the familiar they were willing to take a look at the new and build upon it mm -hmm. and that's really what this came down to the funny thing they didn't realize is that because you had two very primal energies here because Catholicism is the earliest form, of course, we know is the earliest form of Christianity, basically. It was, you know, it was the Holy Roman Empire, right? Mm -hmm. So what we have here is two very intense, believed with miracles and exorcism and everything on both. Remember that also, Catholicism also, remember, exorcisms, ceremony. Mm -hmm. uh, they have the bones of, of saints that they march around, blood of saints and all that, right? Yeah. Can't you see how that would link in perfectly with their beliefs? Yeah, exactly. So it was easy to it was easy to meld these two and make a super faith that had the power of both kind of behind it, and yeah. that's pretty interesting if you think about it. That there's some energy like that is going to build and go somewhere and do something. Yeah. So really, uh, fascinating really quickly, stuff. Uh, two things, Mitch. Both for you. Uh, Wolfman Hal uh, had said hey, originally, uh, Mitch, you need a hat, and. <laughs> Uh, uh, a little while. I need a hat. Give you a hat. Anyway, go on. Uh, and he just left. Glare too much, to, but <laughs> he said it was good to see y'all. Got to get the kid to bed. Catch you next time. So, oh, man, has left the building. Well, it's a shame because I'll be back in a second. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> hey, um, is it is it uh, normal when the uh, Yes, gets up and walk away. Give some dead air. Okay, that way I know later. There you go. I wanted to be a fireman. <laughs> Get a hat. <laughs> I say, I, I've got one for you, Mitch, if you need one. You, I can send you this one if you want. Fine. I first have to have a head decent enough to put into it. How's that? <laughs> he's like, well, I didn't wear the diving, he's like, I didn't wear my diving helmet tonight. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's good to wear a mask, kids. Good, good one with the uh, the good one with the opening in the in the front, the really big yeah. one. That'd be that'd be great. Well, the one you see on my the, actually, I really do have. I put a skull inside of it. and I lit the thing up, and it was oh, based great. on. And nobody's gotten it yet. It was based on the old Scooby Doo, Scooby -Doo. cartoon. Yeah, I was gonna say Scooby Doo. <laughs> right, you're one of the few. Right, thank. There it is. Winner. No, see, it was on based on that. But no, it sits on my desk and it does light up. And it does different colors and stuff. It's hilarious. And I love when people that's come great. in and they go, that's a great. I said, yeah, look inside. They open the thing up and I light the thing up and it scares the hell out of them. They see the skulls <laughs> staring at them. It's great. I was going to say Johnny Quest, but okay. Well, we'll go with uh, Scooby. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, Johnny, Qu- Johnny Quest was a different thing. They had that that kid who would do magic and everything, and Sim Salabim and weird stuff like that. And Ray Spannon looks like him. <laughs> is it just me? I'm telling you again. Yes, Pence. Pence is Ray Spannon. <laughs> I'm telling you. I know what happened with this whole thing. It's had to be a cartoon. I, I liked race. Let, let, I liked Ray Spannon. Let's not make that <laughs> okay johnny don't worry about it don't worry i'm not even gonna touch a girl i'm gonna be with you the rest of my life awkward <laughs> for a second there, you think <laughs> anyway, so let's, let's, let's jump back into the movie here yeah um, let's, let's get back to normal whatever the phone is. Did, did you guys have a favorite scene in this movie you first all right uh, yeah. My favorite scene, it, it did have to do with uh, that, that corpse bride, which uh, when I watched it last night was a little freaky because it almost seemed like it was a child corpse bride. She was she was little. Scary, and, wasn't it? Because he said, yeah, he off and he goes, it's not a child. Remember? Yeah. That's right. And he, yeah. he's like carrying the this baby. And then they, they put it down and it looks like she's almost normal size when she's walking across the sleeping bodies. And then she gets to him and he kind of jumps up like on his hands and knees, but they're eye level. So she was little again, it seemed. And it the the snake just launching out of her mouth when she kind of pulls her jaw down and the snake just launches out of it. That was so creepy and catch you off guard it was a jump scare at that point in time and she looked fantastic just everything about that whole scene was mesmerizing it was ethereal and frightening all at the same time i loved it that was my favorite scene in the whole thing I'll give you credit you picked a good one and how about you sir uh well now i can't take that so <laughs> admit it your scene your favorite scene was with the nail in the crotch I was gonna say, I'm glad you said it. <laughs> you know, you know. I want, I you want that chair. Get that chair. Get the chair right now. No. I, 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 I'll be honest. Every time, um, and hang on a second. I want to make sure I get his name correct, and I don't want to screw it up the way I say no. it. No, not that name. Uh, oh, Zake Smokai. Zake Smokai. Uh, the the guy who played. Um, Oh Lord, I'm looking oh, right at the name here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dar uh, Dargent uh, Patriot. Um, anytime he was on the screen, I I was kind of enthralled. Like for, there was something about him that just I had to keep staring. I was like watching. Great character guys. actor. Great very, character. Very actor, great face. I mean, one of those, oh, oh, one yeah. of those great character faces. You, you, you I, you're like, absolutely you're right. Lori and stuff like that. You know, you're absolutely right. Um, I was going to try to reach out to him as well, and it turns out like two thirds yeah. of the movie no longer is alive. So yeah, yes. I was I was going to say I just read that he passed away in two thousand nine in Las Vegas of all places. Um, so one good for him. I hope he went out you know happy. Uh, if you're, if you're going to Las Vegas. Vegas. <laughs> I mean, come on, man, it's Vegas. I mean, there had to be something good come out of that. You know. Thank you, Michael. Think about it. you Thank know. I, I don't think he was sitting around right. Blockbuster waiting to rent a movie. I'll tell you that right now. I think there was no. <laughs> I hear this one still open, just just one, and apparently oh, you can uh, rent it out like a uh, a B and B or, or excuse kidding. me, uh, Air, you mean the one Airbnb. in Alaska? You mean the one in Alaska? Is that where it is in Alaska? Yeah, you know how come I know? I got a phone call one morning from a friend said, "Dude, you got to turn on you know CBS this morning." I said, "Okay," and I turned on. He said, "I'm sitting there going, holy crap, 
oh, it's the blockbuster. It's really cool. They go, and here's the movies that they have. These are the ones they just gotten in recently. There was Bubba in multiple copies on the shelf. <laughs> if you go on the Bubba, if you go on the Bubba the Redneck Werewolf, you know, Facebook page, you know, because it's only tumbleweeds and dust goes through there these days. It's other people who run that thing. You will see it. They actually show the blockbuster with the last blockbuster, of course. The Bubba movies were killed it. They put that on the shelf, and that was my curse. So, something tells me that that it was that blockbuster was dead long before. I think you may be able to escape this. Even the guys in the Iditarod um, would go, "Nah, not in the mood for that." No, I'm good. But, just, <laughs> but it's going um, to be the famous favorite scenes in the movie. I did. Yeah. I had a couple. One I really loved was when he, you know, when. Uh, the guy with the unpronounceable name who died in Vegas at a blockbuster we're making jokes about here, which is terrible. Anyway, when he sits there and goes, by the way, I've given you these drugs and I put you inside this coffin. I'm going to bury you alive. And here's a spider for a roommate. Yep. Yeah. That tarantula, okay, had – I watched that movie in the theater. That tarantula had every other person oh, nearby leaping the hell out of their chairs. It was – They'd seen zombies, all that other crap, and blood and all that other junk going on. Nope. That spider, spider that that's it. That had them screaming. It was a riot to watch. Was was that, Michael, was that the blockbuster? You were uh, yeah. pulling yeah, out this way. That's right. <laughs> With Bubba the Redneck on there. That's awesome. It's, it's, it's that's terrible. so awesome. But as far as the favorite scene in the movie was, my favorite had to be when Pullman had gotten hit with the dust. Yes. And he's trying to pull himself through this town, lurching in the middle of the of the revolution. Yeah. And he gets into that he gets into that room and there's the chair. Yeah. And as he's going around the room, what the chair is doing and how the chair wound up being a great actor uncredited in the title because the mm. chair turned out to be one of the great turns and a great actor in the film, don't you think? Yeah, I, I yeah. saw that scene and when it's following him and turning around the room and everything and then it's gone and then it's back. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And then the final result of what the chair's yeah. final recipient became. Yeah. OK, yeah. got to admit, that was a great amount of tension. It was fun. Yes, it probably never it probably wasn't the part of the movie that was the West Craven part. But what we loved about it was that it was the West Craven part because it was his way of looking at it in a whole different way. And showing a revenge that you would never expected because yeah. actually the chair actually took revenge yeah. for the way it was used. The spirits must've gone into the chair itself, into an object. That's what they're trying to say in the movie. And now they're taking their revenge on him. Yeah. And you see that with the, the way the, the bands tie him down and then the head part, yep. bring him back and everything. So yeah, you, you see that uh, in that whole scene. And Pullman's line which was superb after he had, you know, remember the guy sat there and said, I want to hear you scream. Remember? Yeah. Yep. yep. And then the, the cold ass delivery of that final piece. We're not mm -hmm. going to say what it is, but y'all got to go mm -hmm. see it. It's that to me alone was like, yes. Right. Definitely. You knew that the day was saved and the Powerpuff Girls had nothing to do with it for a change. <laughs> so it's kind of oh, nice. Yo, Jojo. Hey, let me tell you something. If they ever make the Mojo Jojo movie, I'm in. So, I mean, I, Mojo Jojo. Uh, <laughs> that, oh, come on. You got to admit, that was one of the great Okay, Halloween. Here's a great thing to watch. Watch any of the Powerpuff Girls with Mojo Jojo, of course, but find the one where she is involved in Mojo. Remember oh, yeah. she? 
Yes. Hang on. Let me show you what she. She. Oh. Remember she? Yeah. <laughs> yep. And Mojo Took Jojo. Second. Took me a second to remember that. <laughs> okay. But, you know, and it's the thing. Halloween now. All right. So now we've discussed voodoo and we know that we've had like, you know, Night of the Living Dead and all that. The difference between zombies who eat brains and zombies that. I mean, I have a very good friend who worked on. Uh, worked on. Uh, oh, good Lord. Oh, it's Walking Dead. And I'm sorry, it's been a long day. I had to work on the car. It's a long story. Anyway, he was he worked on Walking Dead, and I used to get a big kick out of the fact that you know, I mean, he was the my buddy is the biggest zombie fan you ever met in your life. He loves them. He's drawn them for years. He's brilliant at it. As a matter of fact, he and Bernie and I used to hang out together when we worked this one comic book company, and the two of them would talk zombie. It was great. And I just never was a big fan of the brain eating zombies. That style yeah. of zombie just it was a, to me. See, to me that was a ghoul. And a ghoul mm-hmm. is different to me. Yeah. The zombie to me was always the zombie I'd originally seen. And the first two, I'm going to give you two movies, by the way, to go look for for Halloween. White Zombie is one of them? White Zombie, definitely, <laughs> because, you know, for this. For, you know, for Bela Lugosi doing his hands, his hand jive, right? <laughs> Stay in the middle of that road. And the other one is one movie that actually is, was considered not a, B, not really, it's not really a B movie. It's an A movie. It just wasn't as well received. It was called I Walked with a Zombie. Mm-hmm. And heard that one. yeah, this one is freaky because it's about a woman and a man who go to live in a plantation down in, you know, in those areas. And he, it goes wrong. And she's faced with trying to deal with the fact that her husband is becoming one of the dead. Was and he- it's done from a very interesting standpoint. And I got news. It almost got, I heard that it almost got a nominated for an Academy Award. Was it? Was it, it very a, close? Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, did he die in the movie, or or was he just? Can't tell you that because the movie's available. It's out there, and okay. you have to go find it. Okay, I will find it for myself. You know, it, I'll, like said, I'll get those questions answered. It's called. I, as a matter of fact, you can go right now, and since you have the web and all that happy stuff, look up. I walked with a zombie. I shall right now. I'm pretty uh, sure I have it. What don't you have? Um, well, it, <laughs> I know. I mean, it's really, you know, he's got a hell of a, you really do have one of the great horror collections, dude. 1940. If it's a zombie movie, I have it. I'm, I'm almost positive. Uh, I am a huge, huge zombie fan. And it was what, 1940, what was it? 43. 43. So it was a world, and the thing is, this movie's made in world, during World War II also. James Ellison, Francis D., Tom Conway, Edith Barrett, James Bell, Christian Gordon, Teresa Harris. Right, all the names you'll never remember again. Yes, <laughs> was it Rain, Bessie Connell, Paul Holland? Okay, was but, it, was, uh, if you want, you can read the premise of the movie. I mean, I'm sure they have a synopsis. Uh, it's very, very short. Uh, a nurse is hired to care for the wife of a sugar plantation owner who has been acting strangely on a Caribbean island. That's an all. Isn't that isn't that all you need to know? That's that's pretty much all they want you to know. <laughs> it's the king and I with voodoo. I'm the king and I with voodoo. Shall we dance? Is that my arm? Thank you. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's really a, it's a classic that doesn't get enough attention. And it's shown every now and then, like on like uh, TCM during the, during the Halloween season. Every now and then it pops up. There are a couple other ones. There was a Boris Karloff one was on a Greek island. I think it was called Isle of the Dead. Mm-hmm. 
That's another one of them. But there are a lot more of these zombie voodoo flavor ones that are out there. And if you want to try something different for the holidays and you still want a good scare and feel still a little bit nervous, these are good for that. And the world's a lot brighter place than it used to be. But when people watch these movies back in the 50s and 60s and stuff like that, in a dark enough night, the wrong things or a strange person moves to town mm. and they don't act the same as you, they dress differently or they eat differently. It, you know, like I said, these things start going in your mind because one of my favorites was an old Twilight Zone where they just had these people who were the neighbors on the other, the other street and they turned out to be aliens. They thought they were going to invade the universe and shit like that. It, it's just the paranoia of humans will never cease to amaze me and what mm. it'll make them do. Or not to, you know, that's yeah, the interesting part of it. Definitely check out White Zombie and King of the Zombies is another really good one. Yeah, King of the Zombies was another really good one. Like those, I said, those are those are the ones that are based off like the Haitian voodoo zombie as well. But stay away from zombies of the stratosphere. It's not zombies. It's Leonard Nimoy in really bad makeup and a guy with a helmet on his head flying around. It's Commando Cody and it was Rocketeer before there was a Rocketeer. I actually have that on Laserdisc. Of course he does. <laughs> and I got I the flip. I got the flip year. book. How's that? It's so. Old. <laughs> <laughs> but all kidding aside, man, there's a lot of great things that people aren't looking into right now. Again, this is a Wes Craven movie. How many people did you talk to that actually knew it, remembered, or hurt? But they, if you said Nightmare on Elm Street, right? No problem. Correct. Sure. Everybody knows it. Sure. Yep. But you throw this one which was equally as powerful, I think, as anything I saw in the Freddy movies, right? Oh, more so because it was real. That's the point. When you start Now, that's the thing also. I think this movie made a lot of people uncomfortable because a made-up ersatz, let's say, creature like Freddy, no problem, right? You can deal with it. Okay, you deal with it. It's fun. You dress up like and everything like that. However, this movie, it made you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It made you think. And... That's where the fun really came in for this movie because this is not the, this is like Nosferatu, another great film to watch at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> there is not. I'm telling you, I promise you, you will never see anything weird. Nosferatu, two a.m. I dare you, try it <laughs> in a quiet house. Try it. We we actually just did a whole episode on the 1922 Nosferatu. Right, and what, and right. That's what I'm bringing up. So so guys, what'd you think? Nosferatu, it, uh, it, uh, it was good. It, it, it's what set the basis for every vampire movie out there. Um, so you can't deny the uh, social impact it had. Right. It was Dracula, but it wasn't Dracula because you couldn't get the rights. Exactly. And we we and, joked about that. Instead of Mina, her name was like or uh, Nina or something like that. I mean, they went as close like, as they was, possibly could. Yeah, it was like Count Nina, Orloff, Nina. Orloff, mm-hmm. Orloff, yeah, or Orlock, Orlock. That's Orlock, that's it. Did you ever By the way, see... I, I want everyone to keep oh, an eye out for my upcoming comic book, Tubba, the Redneck Werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> Tubba. And we call the lawyer. <laughs> Phil! <laughs> Dude, I told Tubba. you it was going to happen. No, Tubba the old sorry, Redneck Tubba the werewolf. Hillbilly Beast Man. Hillbilly Beast Man. Are you kidding? The Mitch McConnell story, really now? <laughs> Actually, what I'm the hell are people down. thinking? <laughs> write that down. Tubba the Hillbilly Beast Man. Oh, yeah, you write that down. No. All right. My lawyers no, will call just... you tomorrow. Anyway, here's... <laughs> now, just make sure that when you when you illustrate it, he's got to be really big. Make sure he's that... Probably... The... He's going to be based off me. No, it's gonna be done... no, this whole thing has to be done in stick figures. Stick figures, okay. It really lends itself to stick figures. 
really fast. It's, a pretty, it's really a pretty thin concept if you think about it, guys. Come on, really. <laughs> 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 but oh, as far you know, going back to the movies that are out there for right now, there's some wonderful stuff that people are not even going into looking for. And there's just look for those old oddball movies that you might have heard in the back if you've heard like people talk about like you know i used to love famous monsters of Filmland because they would show like scenes from movies you never even heard of yeah never thought of like london after midnight i never even knew this thing existed until i was wa- reading one of the famous monsters back in the 70s where it was and there was this uh, the lon cheney you know vampire with the with the you know with the teeth that look like you know a picket fence yeah, and they've never found a copy of it. The lamest thing I ever saw it done though was by TCM, or it was I think it was TCM did it. It was like unbelievable, or it was AMC, one of the two of them. They had taken stills and put music to it. They found a series of stills of the film. They tried to show the film in a series of stills with music. <laughs> oh, they did that, that once. Yeah, and we're all very happy they <laughs> never did it again. I bet you there's not even a DVD of that crap out there. <laughs> Some classics need to remain lost. Yeah. Not that it wasn't probably a great film, but supposedly the film wasn't really a vampire. It was a tongue-in-cheek thing about an actor gone crazy or some other stuff. I'm not really sure. I really was never sure of the plot of that because there were three or four different write-ups on the plot of London After Midnight, and none of them ever seemed to make real sense to me. Have you guys ever read any of those? No. I'm I'm pretty sure I've seen a a, a media release of that, though. I, I saw one still. That's the only reason why I even knew about it. And that was probably from like Famous Monsters of Filmland, something like that, where it was forever ago. That's the only reason why I even know what you're talking about. But I never I never see anything more than like a, like a still frame or a picture of Lon Chaney. But it did fascinate you to go see if you can find this film. So they show these like oddball f- frames. Sure. I didn't realize they'd made a 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea in 1910, 12 or something like that. And they had shown these, like, these, it looked like, you know, small people wearing these outrageous little diving co- diving suit costumes with duck bills walking around look like the bottom of the ocean. I had no idea this was from that. Oh, my God. And I wanted to go see if I could find the movie. There's a lot of those out there. But the whole point of Halloween is to discover some new scare, something different, something you can show your friends, something they've never seen before, Okay. You know, like a job that pays more than four bucks an hour. That kind of crap. So what you do. Crickets, Those don't crickets, exist. Hang on, it's almost there. Okay, we're good. Anyway, yeah. the thing is, find something unusual. Uh, find some of the old stuff. I did something really bizarre. Nobody really, and it was really funny. You put certain things on Facebook, people just go walk right past it. SCTV, which was like the, you know, SNL, mm-hmm. Second City Television, all that stuff. They were all about the same time and stuff like that. It was a great comedy exactly. troupe. Canadian yeah, John Candy, the, John Candy, and some of the you know some great the, wonderful the, the, the Canadian SNL, yes, yeah. right, exactly. <laughs> Who all wound up a lot of them wound up working at real SNL, like you know. you know. So it worked out really kind of cool. But what I love though is that they did Chiller Horror Theater with Count Floyd. Yes. Do you remember yes, Count Floyd? You- Exactly what you're talking about. They, and Doctor Tongue and Doctor and John Candy yeah. is Doctor Tongue and it's 3D whatever the hell came up. I think I posted recently th- Doctor Tongue 3D House of Stewardesses, which I'm sure I'm gonna cream for doing because I really want a House of Pancakes. They do have the 3D House of Pancakes. That's great. The problem is it wasn't as clear. I know how people are about oh it's fuzzy or black and white, so I put the more clear one. Unfortunately, it's really pretty misogynistic. And it was fairly evil, but Catherine O'Hara would look banging in that, you know, that old school, you know, I mean, underwear. So it was really kind of neat. If you want to go on my Facebook, you can find it. It's probably there still somewhere. 
Hang on, I just got I, dinged. I think, Aha. I think Michael's on it. Michael's on it right now. Is that, it's is that what you, he's looking very yourself. They're on YouTube. They're hilarious. They're just absolutely I, Eugene Levy who shits Creek. He plays, yeah. you know, the, Igor, the, uh, the, the hunchback. He, he's what he's speaking of character actors. He's probably one of my all, all time favorites. We were, we were talking about him tonight because another American pie movie came out and we're like, is Eugene Levy in it? Is usually in it? No, he's not in it. Damn it. So, That's the whole thing. How, you, how could you do the movie without him? I'm sorry. It's about he the, was to me the whole movies. He made the whole damn thing work. But <laughs> apparently, it's about, it's about all their kids. Like uh, uh, it said something like, uh, "Are they working with now hot pockets instead of pie?" Something, something like that. Yeah, I think, no. <laughs> with McDonald's apple pies, you don't want to you don't want to put that in there, it, dude. It, you don't even want to put that in your mouth, much less put anything else in it. Are you ready to your mind? <laughs> yeah. Remember, a certain human being that we're you know all kind of sort of fond of. In charge of the country, he's a real. He loves McDonald. He and Ronald McDonald. I'm surprised his running mate wasn't Ronald McDonald. <laughs> and we'll wait for the memes to come tomorrow. <laughs> That's pretty much. <laughs> hey, I'm president of the United States. I'm loving it. <laughs> Everybody goes uh, quiet. Look at this, man. You could just look at the I, whole world just got silent. <laughs> I chuckled, and that's what's important. Thank you. Because, you know, you're in charge of this whole mess, basically, you two. And so, you know, if you guys laugh, then we're all feel comfortable. with going, oh, the hosts laughed. We can all char- we can all chuckle now for a while. I, I see there's a 69-minute version, which is the most complete one. But for a, a used copy, is coming in at $390 right now. Or oh, there's which? a 45, like 45-minute version of London After Midnight, which is the reconstructed version. Are you kidding? Version. That one is coming in at, like, 13 but the full version, I'm not finding it for less than almost four hundred dollars. I didn't wait a minute. I, they've never really, like, as far as I know, they never found a workable copy that I know of. Let me take a look here. Silver screen edition. Oh no, never mind. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's a doll. It's a doll. It's a doll. Yeah, never mind. Like, like okay, a doll. Okay, let's have this discussion while we have a chance. <laughs> there is a big difference between a doll. And a movie. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let me this way. This is a phone. See, this is, this is a phone. Okay. Show me on the movie this is, where he this touched This is a you. mouse. So we're going to do, today what we're going to do is go through our basic object recognition. Okay. That's a book. Hold on. Okay. That's, that, <laughs> that's a book. And this is this entire podcast. I, I, and I we're going to. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't even have you guys pull up. <laughs> I completely oh, missed it. He wasn't even looking. He wasn't even looking when you did that. Yeah, uh, that's the best time to do it. What are you kidding? <laughs> Michael, he held up an Oscar, just so you know. It was a very shiny Oscar. I have a feeling it was the dumpster fire again. <laughs> no, no, not. No. Nothing like that. No, actually, it was Ilya Kuryakin from Men from Uncle. And. <laughs> The crap that's on this desk, holy shit. This is, the, this is my wife's desk, actually. I'm borrowing hers tonight. I can't go over to mine. Uh, the, police tape has, the police tape hasn't been taken down yet. We got another recommendation, by the way. We got another recommendation for a uh, ripoff of Bubba the Redneck, uh, Osceola County Ogre. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that also came from Michael's mother. <laughs> Actually, it sounds more like the sheriff's office over there, but that's a long, that's another long story to go into. <laughs> We're gonna walk away on this one when we have a chance. The but point no, is, the sh- I'm sorry, guys. 
No, I was going to no, say, let... say they go. Oh, go, go. Okay. You go. <laughs> <laughs> now you go. No, you don't go. bring your mom. Quit bringing your mom into this. Okay. Here's the thing. <laughs> what you want to do this month, seriously, is try something a little bit different. If you're used to watching the brain eating zombies, go find the voodoo zombies. If you're used to like I am watching the universal horror films and you're a big universal fan. Cool. Don't be such a purist. Go watch other things that were made a little later on, okay? You know, it's yeah. really funny. There's a couple of really great classics that, unfortunately, people kind of walk away from it. I never have understood why they don't like it as much as they should. Uh, the Creature in the Black Lagoon movies are not considered Halloween movies to a lot of people. Do you know that? How? Well, they do. Have, we have a monster, but they think it's, yeah. it's a swamp in Florida or the Amazon, this Gilman creature and stuff like that. It's not Halloween to them. But honestly, look at the movie The Blob, which I saw in a Halloween marathon before, and movies like that. Yeah. It's where science fiction really does have its place because it's scaring the hell out of you. And I love the fact that to this day, I will argue this with everybody, Alien is not a Halloween. It's not a, I mean, it's a Halloween movie. It is not a science fiction movie per se. That's a horror movie. Thank you. We, we had this we, discussion. We, I, I find a very fine line between sci-fi and horror. There, there can be for, there for can all, all sci-fi horror movies without sure. going like sci-fi fantasy like star wars is very sci-fi fantasy mm. right but something like alien yeah sci-fi horror very fine line argue both sides definitely right there was and you go back to the ones from the 50s like the thing or it the terror from outer space mm. these are the all these are, these were some i mean let me tell you something there were some there were some vicious movies and i'll tell you the truth i love the fact that everybody seems to forget about orson welles and war of the worlds oh one of my favorite things yeah. to do on halloween night is to find and find the old broadcast online of the original War of the Worlds. That's fun. That that is fun. I, I'm sure a lot of people don't do that, but I, I've I've done that before. Listen to the entire the entire radio broadcast. I I, I enjoy it. I, I think it's great. I think it's absolutely great. You, you're forced to use your imagination, and not only that, you're like, wow, just imagine that people thought this was real. You know, that, that's a, no. that's so great. There was a so movie great. called The Night That Frightened America or Scared America. I can't remember. I can't remember the exact title. But I can tell you this much. It was basically all the stuff that went on when, broad, when the broadcast was going on. That's People awesome. actually out in the streets causing trouble or shooting at things or just, you know, water, burning down water tower, all kinds of crazy stuff. It was a great film. It came out in, I think, the early, late 70s, early 80s. That's and great. if you can find it, it's fascinating to watch because I talked to relatives who were alive back then. And they told me that there were people that were like in the streets freaking out and scared to death. That's the one that was they based thought it was real. The, the Cold War or something like that. The um they the something about somebody invading America. Oh, 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 oh. There's the, the, well, honestly there's a couple of different ones like that. There was one in the fifties was like Mars was invading us, but they were communists. Was, I mean, no, seriously, message from the Red Planet or something stupid like that. There's a lot of weird old ones like that. But yeah. treat yourself to the War of the Worlds this year. You know? Well, it doesn't have to be Halloween night, but pick a night where you sit down because like Wells says in the thing, he said, we endeavored this evening, you know, just basically scared the hell out of you. We didn't soap your windows. We didn't take your garden gate and put it up on the roof, but we did give you a good scare. And that's what it was all about. Yeah. And it made that man's career. And he went on to become one of the more brilliant filmmakers you're ever going to see. But what he did that night without picture and just using sound effects, voice, inflection, tone, timing, brilliant. Yeah. 
And Agreed. I don't think anyone's come up with anything that has gotten anyone that good in a long time. I love to see the next great shot. I love to see the next great scam like that. You know? Yeah. I know but we're I living in a situation right now where we're scared out of our wits and there's a disease running around and all this other crazy and we got a crazy person and everything to deal with. But you know something? When things calm down and everyone's not looking anymore, and I'm sorry, but I'm a filmmaker, okay? And I'm a storyteller. And I am waiting for everything to calm down so I can come up with that great next scam. When they breathe that great sigh of relief and they think they're good, creative types, you know what I'm talking about. That's when we make our move. Because <laughs> you know they're still fresh in the last scare. Now you get them. Now you put the final nail into it. That's the great thing about doing horror. There's always got to be a false ending. That's the fun. So in 2024, uh, when everything is calmed down. <laughs> the, uh, the movie I was thinking I'll about. I'll be writing right out there. <laughs> the what was that, Michael? The movie I was thinking of was called The Day After. And it's actually from the 80s. Sorry. Oh, man. That Day was after. Okay, you win. That thing was horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> that was one that you didn't go. And let me tell you, I watched it at a friend's house with about four or five other people. Nobody walked out of that house that night that happy. And right. it ran over like two, two nights, I think two or three nights. Mm-hmm. And it was an effort to watch the next segments. Cause it was, okay. The cold war, we had Reagan, the Russians were not, you know, were even less friendly than they are today. And it was like going to go any moment because they were just going back and forth at each other. Reagan and Brezhnev were were on each other, like unbelievable. And you didn't know what was going on. They came with that. That was their war of the world. It was ABC did that actually. And that was their war of the worlds. And it was brutal. It was really, if you can find it, you want to watch it. There's another, you know, if you really want to scare, I scared myself in high school, the book called the last Babylon. Ever hear of it? It's by a guy named Pat Frank. The, it scared me because I opened the book and I'm reading. It says WFTV announces that the uh, new airport's going to be opening up McCoy Jet McCoy Field. What? It was about Orlando during a nuclear war, mm. set in 1956, oh. 57. Right. And they used oh yeah, they used Salt Springs and Daytona and Sanford. I'm actually working in Sanford right now. <laughs> I wouldn't work there on Monday. <laughs> Just saying. Just oh, putting yeah. it out there. Yeah, we were going to have a uh, COVID visitor. <laughs> uh, I have a, I have several clean suits that, if you would like that I keep at the garage. <laughs> nice. And I have the tanks for them, too, if you want. Because <laughs> I'm thinking about it, and I'm way over in the other part of town. Right. <laughs> I think we're going to have to sit there and put an invisible line between everybody in Sanford for about three three to four weeks. Who's landing in Sanford? Who else? Uh, we won't turn El Duce. El Chido. El Jefe. El Jefe. El is the oh, word dude. for it. I, I'm Never mind. I'm not, I'm, I was going to say something. but Dude, let me put this way. Right? The Corona Kid's coming to town. The Corona Kid. <laughs> And y'all better be ready for him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're going to be okay with that, Butchie. Okay. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> all right. And I know it's not popular to say all this stuff, but too bad. We've never been popular anyway, okay? <laughs> How about you guys? Right. I think no, no, he's seven, right. All seven people that watch us and listen to us are on the same page. people. <laughs> Your mother. Mine's asleep by now. My wife and a friend of mine are in there watching, I think, UB Halloween again. Uh <laughs> 
they're avoiding this whole damn thing. So whoever's out there, please do us one small favor. Tell our families that we love them. <laughs> so let's let's wrap this up. Uh, what did okay, you had enough? You don't go to the three hour session like last time. No, <laughs> what would you guys rate this movie out of five? To five. me, it was a solid five. Solid five. Wow. Why is that? It, it had all the great elements you want. It was real. You realize you were watching a real story, which made you uncomfortable to start with. Based on truth, they say the very beginning, based on true facts, right? Then you have the Wes Craven wonderfulness of like a Freddy Krueger thing going, right? With the extended arms and the bride ghoulishly coming up and the snake coming out of the mountain, all the other crap, right? You had all those wonderful scares you wanted, but the acting was superb because you were right alongside. Like you said, you were exhausted while watching the movie, right? Yeah. How many movies do you want? Even three hour long, you know, these theatrical monsters like the Star Wars and stuff like that. And Avengers after three hours. Did you feel like you'd been on a hard run like you were with this thing? No. The last time I felt like that, I walked out from, uh, it was either it was either one of the Hobbits or it was a Lord of the Rings. I forget which. But I remember walking out of the theater going, my God. Like, I was just so tired. I, I felt like I was up and down, up and down, up and down. That's that's They emotionally wrung I, you out, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. Yep. You know which one that was? That was Two Towers. That was the second one. It may have been Two Towers. Uh, Because that thing was nothing but... All right? It was constant action. It was always something flipping, something going on. But the great thing about this movie was it it really brought you into the world, made you feel like you're really standing there, and scared the living hell out of you, and made you want to go look up later on what this is all about. Mm -hmm. I would love to see a resurgence of this type of film uh you know i mean i you know nothing against the zombies and all the other creatures and the werewolves and the vampires we all get locked into these creatures but nobody's really explored this area or mysticism in a while they've done like movies about you know the witches of this or you know the craft and things like that but has anybody really done any movies on hardcore you're living in a city you're living in an apartment building you're living in a subdivision and there's a cult going on around you and it's kind of centering slowly towards you rosemary's baby the first one that comes to mind okay <laughs> the uh the sentinel is another one yeah uh portal was another one of those the gate was one of those yeah. so there's a few that are out there like that but how long has it been saying one done one true true and right now do you think people would be more afraid of the monster next door or the oh. monster that comes off of a spaceship there was one that actually just came out this year really uh, it's a Shutter exclusive. I just watched it. Oh, I love Shutter. I didn't see this uh, one though. Hold on. It, talk amongst yourselves. The Roman Empire was neither Roman <laughs> nor an empire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all I can think of is the Mel Brooks joke. Let's all run with mucus. Let's all run from history of the world. Another movie they can never make ever again. Do you think it's gonna fall? What man? <laughs> The Roman Empire. Who cares? Spiral. Spiral. Uh, spiral? Oh, yeah. Uh, Aaron and Malik move to a small town so they can enjoy a better quality of life and raise their 16-year-old daughter with the best social values. But nothing is as it seems as the picturesque neighborhood. Uh, when Malik spies the neighbors next door throwing a very strange party, something shocking has got to give. A Shutter original. Fantastic movie. Um, it's uh, two guys are married. They one of them had a daughter from a previous marriage. They moved to, like it says, this small town. Right. The town is kind of made up of this cult 
and anybody who kind of is on the outside that doesn't get absorbed in quickly suffers because of it and the the way things happen to Malik and the things that the the psychological trauma that he goes through fantastic movie I do highly recommend if you get a chance to check it out you know that reminds me of another film called the Mephisto Waltz yes that reminds me of the Mephisto Waltz I like but I love the Mephisto Waltz that was a great movie I want to check this one out the spiral is what it's called yes excellent thank you man appreciate the recommendation seriously Mm -hmm. you know tonight really you know i Thanks, guys. I mean, yeah, there was a lot of times for cheap jokes and all the other stuff, mostly on my end of it. But I want to tell you something. Thank you. No, all kidding around aside, though, you guys were great tonight. And thank you. Had a really good discussion about how these movies affect us. I hope everybody who was at least watching this evening, you learned a little something. You're interested in maybe going a little further and doing not just the regular Halloween type movie and try something a little more. Get you out of your skin. How's that? Mm, That work? (laughs) It works. That works. And that's it. Chris, what's your rating on this one? My rating? Uh, I will never tell my rating. No, I actually, as far as, I don't remember the last time I rated something high, like really high. Um, I don't think the word four has crossed my lips in I don't know how long. But this movie, to me. You don't play golf, that's why. That is a thousand percent Thank you very much. Unless you count mini golf, in which case it's like, you know. Ah, he had it. Nice. <laughs> Holy crap. That's it. He had it. You're cut off. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I actually came up with this uh, as a four and a half, and I, I guess the half for the... Uh, That's impressive. Uh, for the, uh, the boob bump. Um, so I guess that extra half, uh, half-star bump, because uh, there were boobs in this movie, so it does get. But... Uh, <laughs> I do a half-star bitty bump. Yes. Just because Bill, Bill Pullman was naked a couple of times. I mean, really, you don't have to get yourself crazy here, okay? Just and now it gets know. a five. And now it gets a five. <laughs> that I, forgot, <laughs> I forgot about Bill Pullman. No, uh, no I, I, I genuinely, I give this a four and a half star. I, 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 I did enjoy it. Um, I, I definitely was creeped out at, at, at lots of times in the movie. And I'm a Wes Craven fan. So, I mean, it's Wes Craven. So you have to, you have to give respect where respect is due. Um, and the gentleman who, oh God, I'm going to forget his name already. Zakes Mokay. Mokay? Mokay. We'll go with it. Sounds good. Okay. I like it. Uh, I, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, he, he's probably my, my favorite thing out of this whole movie was him, especially at the end where all those souls are getting released and he's just losing his power. He's just becoming gray and old and, and God only knows how old this guy actually was. I mean, they don't even really touch on, let's say the fantasy side of this. Exactly. Was he, was he like 90? Was he a thousand years old? Who knows how old this guy was? But and all people, we know is that he's been collecting it. And if you're fond of stunts, one of the best burns I've ever seen was in this movie. Yeah, sure. Sure. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Great, you're great absolutely burn right. on that too. Yeah. One of the wildest ones I've ever – and in a closed room burn. Yeah. I've worked on films. And I'm going to tell you something. I knew stuntmen who did those things. Kane Hodder was known for doing burns, by the way. Mm-hmm. If you ever look yeah. at Kane for Kane, his neck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm going to tell you something. That alone makes the movie so worthy they actually could pull that off the way they did. And yeah. you said the greatest thing about the movie, though. It didn't – you didn't say scare. You know? Yeah, it didn't like scare you. It eerie and creeped the hell out of you. It did. It did. There. It did have the the jump scare um, for uh, the snake through the bride's mouth. That that le- legit yeah, no like no question. 
yeah, that guy, guy, I knew it was coming the second time, but I still jumped. You know, right. It's still, you know, for, for what it is. But the anticipated I, fear was even the better part of it. Go on. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you know what's coming. You're like, here it comes, here it comes, here it but comes. But you, oh, you really want to see it. You're like going, I don't want to look. Like, yeah, that was great. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's, that's, that's how I feel about it. Michael. Cool. Yes. You're up, sir. Well, now I feel really bad. What was wrong? <laughs> uh, did your mom sit? Your mom sit there and said you can't have any more brownies. What? What the hell happened now? You know the kind of brownies moms make. We're not going to get into that either. Oh, what happened? No, no. My my mom does. My mom would make edibles. That's for damn sure. Um, <laughs> I like your mom already. But fun story. I'm... She's the first person I ever got high with. <laughs> okay, that's it. This whole podcast is rated cool forever. Okay, just for that alone. Okay, <laughs> they admitted it also, which is even better. What I loved the other night was Kamala Harris, right? Is sitting there yelling at the thing. And she's yelling her last final statements. And we're going to make sure you get health care. And we're going to decriminalize marijuana. <laughs> did yes. you catch that one? Yeah, I did. That's it great. was. I'm sitting there going, this is great. I'm shouting. This is a plan. And everybody out there is like going, did she just say she's going to legalize pot? Yeah. Weed's yeah. Gonna be- <laughs> oh, I'm so. Where's my ballot? Honey, where do we put the ballot? Why are you using that for a coaster? Come here. Give me that. <laughs> I, I happen to live in one of the best states as far as that goes. Just saying. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm coming in with this one the lowest of the three of us. I'm actually coming okay. in at a four, uh, and the reason for that is still it's a fantastic movie. It's it's one of my my favorites. I mean anything dealing with with zombies, you know I have a soft spot in my heart. I don't yep. care if it's Haitian voodoo zombies. I don't care if it's West uh, West African zombie. I don't care if it's flesh eating ghoul zombie. I love zombies. I love the mythos. I love everything that that there is about zombies. Mike Broom, if you're watching this right now, there's your audience. Right. Anyway, go on. (laughs) Sorry. I I have a soft spot already, but this movie is not without its problems. Um, You have over 2,000 non-paid or 2,000 paid extras that are only in the movie because they live in the area. So you get a lot of things in the background, which I do. I watch the background almost as much as I watch the foreground. I got you on that one. That kind of pulls you out. There's there was a guy uh, kind of leaning up against the wall at one point watching Bill Pullman go by just laughing because, you know, he's he's going at how exaggerated Bill Pullman is. But everybody else around him is acting scared. So that kind of pulled me you out. You picked up on that guy, too, huh? Cool. Yeah. Little things like that throughout it. The the scene where Zach's character, I forget his name, Zake's character, comes through the wall. Uh, the room with the chair, for example, your favorite scene. Right. He comes through the wall after he's been burned. And I understand that it's in Bill's head, the, this part. You know, yeah. he comes through the, the Jaguar wall. God, yeah. <laughs> very, very Freddy-like at that point. So, yeah, like you said, I, I, I picked up on that, that Wes Craven signature. But that was almost too out there for me at this point in time. And it was after, after I sat back and analyzed the movie at that point, I realized, no, that that didn't really happen. It was in his head. That was his way of getting rid of his inner demon. I understand that. Uh, but at the time it just kind of was like, what the fuck is this? Come on. <laughs> so let me tell you something. Yeah, go on. So there were little things like that, that really kind of pulled it out, out, pulled me out of it, but still a great movie. Like I said before, very energetic. I was exhausted by the end of it because of those ups and downs and I'm out. Oh my God, this just happened. I'm out. Oh my God, this just happened. So I, it was great. It was a roller coaster of emotion. Um, with the half star bitty bump, uh, I'm coming in at a four, which makes our average a 4.5, which is still, I think one of our highest yet. I believe you're right. You know, it's, but it's great that everybody had their own good and bad of it. And yeah, the other thing is, like you were saying, 
the filming of this this movie and the era it was filmed remember it was filmed in 83 84 85 that kind of thing and you gotta remember haiti was horribly bad off and just this movie company even coming into town and putting a few dollars into the economy was humongous and i like i said i lived in down there for a little bit and not in haiti but you know running through the caribbean and yeah um it was a mixed bag of extreme poverty uh desperation in a lot of ways there was celebration to be had like any society because there were good times bad times whatever it was and remember not with the western mind but this was their reality and this was as to them as good as they could get it and what they could deal with and when like movie companies and stuff like that would come it would cause such dissatisfaction in these people that's what caused a lot of the revolution because they could see how much better things could be these people came down with cleaner with clean clothes or they came down with money they came down with decent food or they would feed people and everything like that and they would like sit there going these must be an amazing place they come from that they can just sit there and freely give out this kind of stuff. And the money yeah. these people were asking for, like them, like $100, give me $1,000 for this. Meanwhile, you know the drug company is going to make billions off of it, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, again, I, remember I said earlier the suspension of belief in this movie is required? <clears throat> this is where you have to walk away from a lot of that and just kind of like going, okay, I'm going to watch the story. But even after all these years – Haiti still has a lot of problems to deal with. They are just one of those countries that unfortunately, like, you know, I remember they're a half, it's a half an island. Remember? Mm-hmm. Cause they're part of another, they're mm-hmm. part of another island where a lot of people are disappearing, whatever. So it's always going to be a very, let's just say unfathomable part of the world to a lot of us, let's just say. Yeah. But for the people that live that reality, it's the only one they have not being, you know, Dougie Down or anything like that. Hmm. They do find joy in a lot of things. There is a lot of misery, but the whole point is this, is that we're aware of this and it should never take away from a story of a film or anything you're watching, to be honest with you. I didn't mean to go this rambling thing. It's it's difficult for anybody to discuss this kind of thing. But you know, you did bring up, Michael, a really good point. The guy laughing on the wall, right? (laughs) Because remember what happened during the filming of Indiana Jones, you remember you you heard about all that right they're running through the town he's you know he's got the flu these people don't know where they're running they're just running with the movie crew they're just running back and forth because these people are running back and forth and somebody's going to pay them or somebody's going to take the craft services right because (laughs) it was the excitement of the circus coming to town oh you didn't know that no i didn't know that are are we talking about temple of doom are we talking about uh oh no uh, the original uh, raiders of the lost ark i did not know that yeah, they just was, walked into, they walked through, they walked into a marketplace and just started running around. And they were all the people like, "Yeah, let's follow them." <laughs> they didn't know what the hell was going on. And remember, of course, you know, I mean, the, it's just again Western mind trying to figure everything out, and they're just fascinated with these people. Have this energy. They're so well fed. They look so healthy, and they're running back and forth. It must be something really cool. Let's go with them, right? It so it, it's really interesting. To work in countries like that or film in places like that, and it's amazing how respectful the crews are when they leave, and how they never forget them. And I believe that after even this movie was made, you have to look it up. I could swear somewhere someone started a charity or started getting some money funded down there to you know to help them. I believe it was afterward that some people had taken had seen the plight basically of what the place was like. Because if you ever want to look up Papa Doc Duvalier and Baby Doc, his son Duvalier. You're not going to see um, 
besides maybe Hitler and Stalin, something more horrible. Mm. Or Paul Potter, somebody like that. It was it was terrible. And Wes Craven, I think, was absolutely braver than anything I could think of to actually want to go film this on location. Yeah. He could have well, gone to New Orleans or any other place or any of the quieter islands. Even Martinique would have what he wanted. He went to Haiti mm-hmm. to do the story right. If you ever get that guy that did the book on, mm-hmm. you should ask him what his idea of the film should have been. Because I don't think anybody's ever t- found out exactly what he would have liked to have seen. Well, that, that was actually in my email communication with him as well, was I put in that, you know, I, I understand you distance yourself from this movie. Uh, we would love to hear your uh, your story. And um, hopefully sometime I, I hear back from him. Fingers crossed. You know, you never know. I, I will say this, too. Another thing that I had uh, uh, heard about, and I touched on it earlier, the, the problems that they, they had in the beginning filming this. I believe the, the last part of the movie was actually done, I want to say, in the Dominican Republic. And they, um, they ran into some problems there as well, where um, the army wanted to come in and help. Uh, with the filming, but oh, they boy. were having they were having problems with uh, the the locals and the the police and all this, and now they were going to try to bring the army into it, and they the film crew said no, and it actually resulted in almost a uh, a riot, and one of the producers I forget which one I think it was Doug Doug Claiborne had to be he was like standing at one point on a car with a megaphone. Uh, addressing everybody that had kind of gathered, they were ready to riot because of this with stones and bats and things in their hand. And he's addressing all of them. And it's like, Holy shit, you, you've gone a whole new level right now of, of you've got the biggest balls on, on this set. Um, and, uh, uh, on top of that, there was something else. Oh, God, what was it? I, I had it in my head. But, yeah, it was basically all kinds of problems that they ran into with this and trying to keep the, the peace with everybody as well. So yeah, that's the biggest problem. Like I said, you have the island is half Haiti, half Dominican Republic, mm-hmm. and both are constantly, constantly in a state of fugue. Yeah. You know? And when you put these two together that not really solid at this point and one's looking to get on to the other one or take advantage of the other it's like and the army always you know it's like oh we'd love to be part of this yeah yeah there's gonna be a problem coming and like i said the fact that they got out of there and were able to manage as well as they did and still pull off a film that's cinematically and you have to look at one thing how'd you like the sentence real quick how'd you like the cinematography how'd you like the the color palette they used and the lighting and all that what'd you guys think it was fantastic. I, I like it. Gl- the movie glowed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it literally did. glowed. Went into that grotto where they had the Virgin Mary floating out there and they were all swimming out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the scene where he wakes up in the woods and they had all the trees lit up around them and all that. Yep. Was, to me, it was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Great. Just I'm, great filmmaking in general, just for picture wise, gorgeous. I know me only seeing this movie two times and you guys obviously have seen it many, many, many times. I Love it. didn't even have the opportunity yet to even look at stuff going on in the background. Cause I was, especially last night I was trying to, I was like, okay, I got to make sure I, wa- I watch this thing again to get, get a refresher. I noticed some little things I didn't notice the first time, but I did not notice any of the background stuff. So now tonight I'm <laughs> probably going to go through it and, and watch the background stuff. You're going to be amazed at things you pick up on in the background. Yeah, uh, and you're going to be really good. It's going to add so much more to how the story is. This movie is the kind of movie that you have to watch it three different ways. You got to watch it first, just straight on, get the story, watch the movie, right? Yeah. Second time, you got to look and see where the craven elements are and the other and then the regular documentary type elements are, right? Mm-hmm. And the third is the way you just, we just talked about. You've got to look at the lushness of this. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to. I'm, I'm definitely going to. I, I remember uh, what that point was, by the way. Uh, the, uh, other, the other bit of issue they had during the filming of this uh, yeah. in Haiti when uh, somebody on – some of the locals had uh, actually sued – uh, a few of the people on the the cast, not really? the cast. I'm sorry, the the production crew. Yeah. Due to Haitian law, any time a foreigner is brought up on uh, sued in that manner, they're arrested and detained until it can go to court. And oh, good luck. I know that one. Court date. Yeah. <laughs> so. They they had to uh, the film crew had to come in and spend a little cash around a little bit to get them out and get them back to to the U.S. But mm. they got them out and right back to the U.S. They didn't come back after that. So um, there was a little bit of extortion it seemed going on there. Yeah, let me put it this way: there's a, there's a certain island I just absolutely adore, and there's some wonderful people, and I'll never be able to set foot on there again. <laughs> and we're gonna leave it there. <laughs> I don't know if they recorded any incidences that day. They didn't really have internet. They didn't really have any computers or anything like that, but I'm still not taking chances. Because <laughs> you do certain things, and they're very bold. And when it's talked about on like two or three different islands, you become part of the coconut, literally Jimmy Buffett's Coconut Telegraph. You either achieved or it's time to go hide. <laughs> <laughs> I went and I was a proper coward and took off. I got to Miami. You kidding? The first time in history, I think anybody ever got to Miami, got down on the ground and kissed the kissed Miami Earth. Okay. <laughs> nice. First thing I did, of course, write the Burger King. Well, <laughs> like everybody, idiot, American. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe the first time someone got off a plane and did that. Most people who you know are getting off of rafts in Miami, I guess, or kissing. <sighs> yeah, let me tell you something. That is what? one of the few. That's one of the few places you're going to land on. That you're going to be like going. You're going to hug the ground. I promise you. <laughs> there the incidents. There's something about coming into certain par- ports of this United States from certain overseas <laughs> locations. You'd even go up and kiss the Statue of Liberty on the lips, and you know where she's been. So we're done. <laughs> that's good. That's a good point. But at least you know she's into it. I mean, she is French. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know those bronze yeah. chicks. You know those chicks. Those bronze girls are different. You know. I mean, what the hell. <laughs> Let's get, makes you wonder, we're getting into it? trouble now. I'm going to have the bronze people after us or some stuff. <laughs> now the entire bronze age will rise up after us. The Etruscans kinda are coming. Kind of makes you wonder, doesn't it? Wonder what? Whether she's naked under that toga? <clears throat> okay, I can honestly tell you that I've been to Beddoes Island. I actually went into the Statue of Liberty. She's fully clothed. She's wearing bloomers. Wearing bloomers. That makes sense. Damn it. If you have never, if you have, if you've never seen a pair of bronze bloomers, seriously, it was like, you know, I mean, sir, you know, it's just, it was fascinating. It's like we, a gym teacher, gym teacher wore in the 40s, just saying. And uh, <laughs> the, the strength of with that, we're out. <laughs> with that, I think that, thank you. We can go with this one and go with a wrap. We're good. <laughs> Actually, well, I want to go ahead and thank you so much, Mitch. Thank you so much for coming on. It's a pleasure. Show. And thank you again, guys, for having me on. It was fun. It really was to talk about this kind of a movie. We'd love to have you on again. Is so it, if you think of another movie you want to discuss with us, just let me know. Guys, I'll let you know, honestly, yeah, why not? There's a few good things, but right now what's more important is this. Uh oh, he's getting serious. It's Halloween. What do you really want? <laughs> hey, listen, it's I can do Halloween. a character for my own goddamn movie, all right? Screw there you, you go. people, okay? I was wore the horns tonight. I came really close to the guy. I'll put the horns on. And then they'll go, why don't you wear the red makeup and shit? And I'm like, going, I got a mask through this. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, thank you so much, Mitch. I uh, can't wait to, to get back with you. For everybody else yes. that is watching uh, next week and the week after, Chris is taking some time off. So we are starting a new segment called Couples Scarapy. My wife will be joining us in another couple, and we'll be, we will be discussing Sinister next week and the week after that, Eden Lake. Don't forget to join us tomorrow for our live watch, which the last time I checked, finally, Creeps is winning. We're going to get to see a movie with three-foot universal monsters <laughs> wreaking havoc in the world. <laughs> perfect thank you so much mitch it was great having you on i can't wait to do this again absolutely guys thank you so much you guys take care stay safe you go to sanford don't tell your mom (laughs) (laughs) oh shit she probably already knows (laughs) she she watches all the time My mom, he'll be okay. I'm going to go up there and do an intervention. He's not going to work. Screw that. Come with me. <laughs> Come with me if you want to live. All right. Fantastic. I, I'm looking forward to you busting into my place going, I got to take him with me. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> guys, have a really good night. Thanks, man. Thanks. You, you too. too. You have a good one. Bye, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.